Taking the Middle Seat, a podcast where we explore connection where you might not think it exists. I'm your host, Andrea, and I've always believed there is connection to be made when you sit next to someone and really take in their story. So every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking the middle seat. I'm listening in on someone's story because I know that the middle seat holds healing and acceptance and laughter and community if we just stay open and remember that we belong to each other. I hope you'll listen in to each and every episode and that you'll find yourself moving in to hear the magic in the middle seat. On this episode, I interview Sarah Hartley. She is the editor-in-chief of How and Lane magazine. Her website says of the magazine that this is a revolution to show women you are perfect as you are. And there are other women just like you who have been standing right where you feel you are right now. How awesome is that? You're going to hear our conversation about the care and the craft and the intention that Sarah puts into every page of this magazine. And I know you are going to want to subscribe. What we need right now is this freaking revolution for women and by women. And I know that it starts with us doing our inner work to know that we are worth the revolution. I'll get on that soapbox more at the end of the episode, but I'm telling you, if you are feeling disconnected or untethered from yourself or community or purpose, get your hands on this magazine, How and Lane. A brand new issue comes out really soon, this coming Tuesday, October 16th, and the issue is all about impact. Hello! Sarah knows what we need and she is delivering it in this impact issue. We talk about story in our conversation, fears, hard things, community. We hit it all in this episode. I want you to go follow Hal and Lane on Facebook and Instagram. I know I follow a jillion people and sometimes I'm not that excited to add another one unless I really, really love their feed and it adds something to my day. Well, Hal and Lane made the cut, man. Their posts are gorgeous and meaningful, and they speak right to me. So you're thinking, hey, Andrea, where can I find the link to the socials and the favorite things and the magazine and the show notes? My dear sweet mom, and most of you know that she lives with me, came to me the other day, and she was like, you always talk about those show notes. Now, where are they? And that's not actually how she sounds. That's just my mom voice for her. Love you, mom. And she's, I'm guessing, not alone in not being able to find the show notes. So what you need to do is go on my website, and they're all right there under each episode, or right on your podcast player, you scroll down, and all the show notes are right there as well. If you try to find them and you can't find them, just message me, and we'll find them together. I love show notes. It's where all the good stuff is. Okay, it's that time. Time for the main event, my interview with Sarah Hartley from Hal and Lane. So Sarah, welcome to Taking the Middle Seat. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I have, we've had this on the calendar for a little bit, so I've had a chance to look at your gorgeous magazines. Oh my gosh. I want <laughs> Thank you. to tell everybody about them because... Well, we should back up and say what exactly magazine we're talking about. So, <laughs> people are like, what in the world? Hal and Lane. It's gorgeous. I'm not kidding. 
You are, <laughs> Thank you. It's phenomenal. Um, you. So you are an editor of a magazine called Holland Lane. Talk mm -hmm. to me a little bit about why a magazine? Why did it start? What put this on in your radar to create beauty in a magazine form? craziness apparently <laughs> insanity <laughs> that's I, I why imagine. i started a magazine yeah. yes <laughs> yes um so really it was because um so when i was pregnant with my first son um he's four and a half now so um i had a really pretty miserable pregnancy mm -hmm. um I was in and out of the hospital i was sick all nine months um i just didn't enjoy it which i felt at the time was not something i should say because it felt like you know, I was just supposed to be glowing and grateful. And, you know, I was just supposed to really, really love this time in my life. And I didn't. Yeah. And, um, and so I started kind of talking about that on my personal blog because I was like, you know, probably not many people read this and I'm just going to talk about it anyway. And yeah. I'm just going to be honest about it. And I had a lot of readers message me from there and email me and just say, thank you so much for saying exactly what I felt. And, you know, because so many people felt like they couldn't say these things either. And so that kind of got the wheel spinning in my head a little bit. Like, what else are we not talking about? Like, what else is out there that people want to say, but feel like they can't? Um, and so from there, it just kind of snowballed. I had always wanted to actually, technically I always wanted to work for a magazine. I never wanted to have one of my own. <laughs> um, but you know, there, I didn't feel at the time, you know, four years ago or so that there was a magazine out there that was doing things like this. Mm -hmm. So I decided to create one, which, you know, I thought in my head, probably not that hard. It's going to no. be simple. No big deal. <laughs> like photocopying and writing, right? right. I mean <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, how hard can this be? Um, but especially at the time, I had only planned on ever doing digital. Um, and so, and granted, that was quite a bit easier. I mean, it was still nowhere near as easy as I thought it was going to be, but it was yeah. much easier than what we're doing now. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where it all came from is, you know, miserable pregnancy with my son. So thanks Henry for <laughs> being miserable in my belly. <laughs> it's so true though. The minute I think any woman speaks whatever truth she needs to, so many people are then empowered to come out of the woodwork and say, oh my gosh, yes, I've lived that. That connects to my story. I, my pregnancy was fine. I have two kids. Um, and I, I could have babies all day long, but the, having the actual baby, the physical, like it, uh, resulting in a baby that I had to take care of, mm -hmm. that's where it all kind of fell apart for me. Yes. Um, yep. so I had the like blissful, like this is great. Pregnancy is super. And then my, then your whole life comes screeching to a halt, or at least that's what it felt like for me. Um, and so when I read a little bit of your story, I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, because no one talks about it. It's true. No. And I think I remember you reading and correct me if I'm wrong or writing, um, that you kind of had to, had to fall in love with your son. Like yep. it wasn't like this immediate, like, yep. oh my gosh. And I felt so much shame around that for mm -hmm. so long because I just, I was like, well, they're sending this living thing home with me. Okay. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to take right. it and then I'm supposed to care for it. Right. Um, but I was not feeling this like, Oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing. And right. Oh, it was. Yep. Craziness. Yeah. That's, um, 
I didn't, with my first son, I didn't feel that at least until the next day is when it kind of started to kick in for me. Um, and I still wouldn't say it was like an overwhelming, Oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me feeling. Um, but I did start to, and and it wasn't until we were alone, just him and I, which didn't happen until the next day. Um, and it was finally like, I looked down at him and I was like, okay, so you're, you're who was in my belly. You, okay. I think I can do this. Um, with my second son, I had kind of the same, um, experiences as you did. Like my pregnancy wasn't as bad. I mean, I was still sick for about half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when he came out up until I would say he was born in January of this year, up until about a month ago, mm-hmm. I didn't really like him. Yeah. Um, he was a very, very, very hard baby. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, top, that off with a toddler running around and a business to take care of and, you know, life. Yeah. (laughs) And it was, it was hard. And I feel like, you know, when I actually said out loud, I don't really like my son sometimes. I, like you said, I felt so much guilt around that. Yeah. Um, I obviously loved him. Yeah. But that, that was kind of the extent of it. It was like, yes, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to love you, but there are days I just don't really want to be around you. Yes. And I realized later that part of that was I was struggling with, with postpartum depression or anxiety and didn't realize it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yes, I mean, that's, that's something that I think that a lot of people don't talk about when they're pregnant is that, you know, you expect to come out of this and you're going to be in love with your new baby and everything's going to be blissful and perfect. And most of the time it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's at least some bumps in the road. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I love about the magazine is whatever topic you're centering the issue around, Mm -hmm. you come at it from like every possible side and angle and story, because, you know, our story of like, um, you know, having a really difficult pregnancy where you're sick for the entire time, or the, there's, there are people out there, (laughs) I think that just, absolutely do kind of fall head over heels with mm-hmm. their kid the minute it's born and they're just absolutely. like people that's what I call them um, <laughs> and <laughs> the like you know part of the world that just loves that stage of infancy mm-hmm. and it's all rainbows and unicorns or the people that like love teenagers or the people that have gone through miscarriage or child loss or whatever and you just come at it from every single angle and I love that thank um, you Talk to me about, because I think now I read that you have, you have lots of contributors that make up like the actual writing in the magazine. Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And there's like a bajillion of them. How? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think to date we've had over 500 contributors between the magazine and the blog. I mean, that in and of itself is gorgeous, I think. Like what a cool community. Um, But how do, do people find you? How do you find these people that can like write these gorgeous things? Um, Yeah, in general, people find us. Um, So what we do before the launch of each issue is we um, will put out a call that just says, we're accepting writers for our upcoming issue. I'll tell them what the theme is. Um, And then I don't go any farther than that. I don't like to give people suggestions for what to write about because I, I think that the theme means something different to everybody. Um, so like our upcoming issue is on impact and I feel like that word means something different to everybody. 
Yeah. And so I don't want to give specifics of, I want a story about this and I want a story about this. Like, of course I have some ideas in my head. Yeah. Um, and if I'm really passionate about one of them, I'll go out and try to find somebody to write on that specific topic. But for the most part, we just let the writers write about what that word means to them and their stories. Um, and, you know, to your point about how we come at it from every different angle, I think that's why, because yeah. we just let them write about you know, what it means to them. And it's my hope that when you pick up an issue, no matter what the theme is, you will find something that relates to you. I mean, probably not every article is going to relate to you, but hopefully something in at least one of the articles will because the voices are so varied. Yes. And I promise you as a reader, totally. (laughs) Um, what this was kind of off topic, but what made you go from not just an electronic version to an actual print version? The I can readers tell you why a lot later, but tell me why you did that. The readers kept pestering me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, readers. Yes, honest to God, that's the truth. Uh, <laughs> they, kept, they kept saying, "Where can I buy this in print? Where can I buy it?" And I'm like, "You can't. It's too expensive. I can't do it." And then after about a year, I gave in. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, okay, here it is. I guess we're doing this. (laughs) I am grateful you made that leap because I probably would have been one of those people that was like, come on, I want to sit with it because (laughs) it's, I've said 18 times that it's gorgeous, but it's like this weighty, like very kind of high end gorgeous thing to sit with. Um, So I think it, each issue feels like you can, um, like it gives you permission to kind of savor it. Like mm-hmm. it's so special. It's not like a, you know, community magazine that's going to come out and you're going to toss it in the recycle bin or whatever. Right. It feels very special. So I think that at least for me, um, it's kind of like an audiobook versus a in-person book. For me, that's really important to kind of sit with it and a, you know, a beverage and kind of right. savor each page. Um, and the, the photography, let's talk a little bit about that because the photography is bonkers. How do you, <laughs> do contributors send in photos or do you have photographers you work with or both or how does that work? Um, a lot of times contributors do send in their own photos. Okay. Um, so we have um, kind of specific guidelines about that just because I do want it to be beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, but I do try to also work with what they send me as much as I can. I mean, I... I don't want a grainy image in the magazine just because that doesn't reflect well first on the magazine, but most importantly for the story, you know, it's a grainy image can kind of distract from the words and I don't want that to to happen to anyone's story. Um, But then I have also worked with photographers in the past. I try to work with photographers that, um, you know, are, are kind of in the stages of building their careers because I want to help them you know, get some sort of exposure. And, you know, when you say that you're in a magazine, even if it's an itty bitty magazine like ours, um, you know, that's still something great to put in your portfolio. So that's, I try to do that. Um, I've also used things like Unsplash in the past, but, you know, stock images just because, you know, again, with them, we're, it's spreading the word of these people who are phenomenally talented. Um, So, you know, I do a little bit of everything just to kind of, and bring it all together and, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I like too that the images are oftentimes really um, relatable in that they're a lot of times like the back of someone's head or just a part of someone or whatever. So you feel like that story is always, it's about me. Every story is about me. There's something to link into because the picture is, I could access that as um, something that's relatable to me. 
That's actually very intentional. So I'm really glad that you picked up on that. Um, Actually, um, when I first started the magazine, if you go back and look at our first, I don't even know how many issues, 10 issues at least, um, you'll notice that the cover image, you don't really see the person's face. Mm -hmm. It's usually the back of somebody's head. And that's exactly for the reason that you said, because I want it to feel like this could be about you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I try to do kind of the same things with the interior images, unless of course, like I said, a a contributor sends in a a photo of themselves or something like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, um, our upcoming cover, which is one of my favorites, is featuring four women um, of all different shapes and sizes and colors and all of these things. And you don't really see their, I mean, you kind of see like a side view of their faces. And it's one of my favorites because again, it's representing all different types of women, but it's still kind of like, oh, this could be me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Um, You have a manifesto, I think Mm -hmm. on the back, is it in the back or in the front? Yes, it is. It's on the back. back. It's the back cover. It's not on my... My body issue. Oh, you know what? I think it's, uh, yeah, it's on the there back cover of like our 2018 issues. Yep. Yes. So, I mean, people can subscribe and then they'll be able to read the manifesto, but what made you come up with this kind of central set of beliefs or, you know, however you would describe it, but what made you develop that? Cause I think it's really cool. Uh, well, first I want to say that it was written by our editorial manager, Mia, who is okay. just amazing with words. She is a fantastic writer. And so she, we kind of talked through what we wanted it to be about. And then she took that and ran with it. And it's insanely gorgeously written. It's beautiful. Um, but so we, it's also, I believe on our website, on our about page so that, you know, people can read it there as well, but we kind of wanted to come up with that because we want to always make sure that we go back to those values of like inclusivity and, um, letting people know that their story is super powerful, no matter what your story is, even if you feel like you don't have one. And that's kind of another thing is we want people to know that they do have a story. Um, and so we, it's kind of like a guiding principle for us just so that we kind of always go back to this idea, but Mm -hmm. also just a quick glimpse of what we're all about and what you'll find in our community when people look at the magazine or, or read our website or something. Yeah. I love that. So that like you say, we believe in, and then it's power of stories, truth, community, empathy, inclusion and diversity and strength, um, which is just phenomenal. And it does ring true, I feel like, in every magazine. So you're doing Thank well you. with that. Thank you. <laughs> light. I love it. Um, so I talked about how the magazines are just so beautiful. They're also kind of jam-packed. Like there's not a lot of, I mean, I know you have, you know, you have to have advertisers and those kinds of things in there, but you almost don't notice them. Like I, mm-hmm. um, I was reading through and I was like, oh, that's, a, that's an ad but it's Mm -hmm. just gorgeously kind of tucked in there. So it's not super distracting. I think they are something that you could, you could almost read an issue and then have like a, um, like a book club about it. Do people do that? Have you heard of that? Like sat around and discussed it? I feel like you're all up in my head because (laughs) yes, we have done this. (laughs) Um, We, yeah, we actually did this um, in the past a little bit where and we haven't done it in a while just because it's, it's a, quite a bit of extra work for us. Um, but 
and actually about a week ago, Mia mentioned it to me again. She's like, do you remember when we did the book club? Maybe we should do that again. Um, so we might in 2019. Um, but yeah, we used to, we would come up with like a set of questions, like kind of like, like you do in a book club and just kind of use it as like a freebie that people can download if they want. And they could, um, I think we also offered like a discount if people wanted to, you know, buy like a group of issues for their book club or, or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and then it came with the, the questions as well. And then we also kind of did it a little bit within our Facebook community, we would have like a kind of a discussion about like a certain article that would be in there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so it's, you know, we did that. And I'm, I'm actually thinking about doing it again in 2019 and figuring out a way to make it a little easier on us just because there's so much going on, but kind of still bring that back around. Yeah, because there's so much to process, I think, in every issue. And that would be really cool to encourage that or like do a mother daughter kind of group. I love that. Like, I think probably not every uh, every article would be perfect for my 12 year old, but a lot of them would engender a ton of great discussion right. um, with her. So, yeah, I love that. I wanted to say too, I'm, I'm glad that you said that about the advertisers as well, because um, we're also very intentional about that and about who we work with, um, because I, I don't want it to just be an ad that's taking up space and distracting people from the stories. Um, you know, you go from these very, very powerful, sometimes heartbreaking stories, and then all of a sudden you have an ad about like a face cream, and it's right. like, what? This makes no sense. Yes. So, you know, we're, we're intentional about that too. Um, I also have very limited spaces in each magazine for advertising um, mm -hmm. because I want it to mostly be about the stories. We're actually moving into 2019. We're going to be looking for new ways to do things like that without having advertisers in the magazine. Mm -hmm. So I don't have no idea what that's going to look like, but that's, that's definitely something that I'm thinking about right now. Very cool. Talk a little bit about your Facebook group, because I think that um, speaks to kind of my mission of connecting people with um, that, like there's magic in that connection. What happens in your group? What kind of discussions go on there? What's the purpose of that group? The group, honestly, I did not expect this group. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't expect what it would become. I didn't expect that it would be essentially my favorite place on the internet. Uh -huh. um, it started because I was like, okay, well, we'll have this group where like people can come and they can, you know, talk about the magazine articles or the blog articles or something. But then I, we really wanted it to be a community of people that would, it's essentially um, an, an online extension of the magazine. So it's people can come there and talk about the hard things or <laughs> they can talk about Self, the things that they want to celebrate or they can ask for advice or they can just seek out support and things like that. We have so many people that come now and I'll get private messages from people or just right in the group and they'll say, this is a safe space for me. Thank you for creating this. Mm -hmm. And that I think even more so than the magazine has been the best outcome of this magazine, just because the community that has surrounded this, all of this has just been I, like, I can't even put it into words. It's, it just, it, fills my heart so much. Um, but so within the group, we, as in myself and my two, the two girls on the team, Mia and Jess, we will post in there five days a week, every morning at eight 30 and we'll ask a question or we'll talk about something. Um, Tuesdays, we kind of always reserve for like, I don't want to say the hard days, but essentially the hard days, like, you know, come in here and tell us what's really going on in your life. And people know that they can come there and they're going, they can talk about the things that are, you know, if they're going through depression, if they're going through a divorce, if they're going through, you know, basically anything that's tough, they know that they can come there and they're going to be supported. Yeah. And 
it's, it's incredible. I mean, the, the discussions that happen in there without me being even a part of it, it's mm-hmm. just amazing. I love it. I love it when it's just, you kind of hold space and mm-hmm. that's what we need is just yeah. make a, make a space and then they'll yes. come and create this gorgeous thing. I love it. Yep. Um, so since this now sounds, I mean, really wonderful and beautiful, but really, really hard to me, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to make a magazine. It sounds really challenging. Uh-huh. Um, there must be things, a thing or multiple things that keep you like putting one foot in front of the other, um, and doing this thing. Um, even though it probably takes a ton of your time and energy. Um, so what are those things that keep you moving in this direction? The people. Yeah. Um, that's, Honestly, God, that's the only reason I'm still going. Um, there has been so many times I wanted to quit because it's hard, like you said, and it's so expensive. And it's, you know, a lot of times I feel like I'm stuck at a plateau and I don't know how to get over it. Yeah. Um, but in those times, and this actually happened about a month ago, I went to my community on Facebook mm-hmm. and I told them exactly how I felt and exactly what I was going through and why it's so hard. And I didn't know if the magazine would make it through 2019 and, and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And the responses I got to that, not even just in the community, but people who reached out. So I have, you know, a couple people who have my phone number through the group for various reasons, but the text messages I got, the, the direct messages, the emails I got, I have never been so overwhelmed by love from people I have never met. Um, and they are the reason I keep going. I have a sunshine folder of Mm -hmm. uh, messages I've gotten from people. And so, you know, those, that's something I kind of go back through too and look at and say, okay, this is why I'm doing it. I'm helping at least one person. I can keep going and I, I'll figure it out for another day. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love the sunshine folder. Is it like a little electronic folder that you like tuck emails in and stuff? Yep. Um, I think right now it's on Trello. I'm working on, I also think I have like one in my email just cause it's easier to like drag and drop over there. But, yes. um, but yeah, so that's what it is. And I can just quickly go through there and you know, I have screenshots or things like that in there too. Uh, I love that. Everyone should make a sunshine folder. Do yes. it right now. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> what have you, um, learned maybe about yourself or about people through doing this work? What's your like favorite kind of takeaway? Um, I think the thing I've learned about people is that in general, people want to help one another, which, you know, in the world today is kind of hard to see sometimes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. I sing this song all the time. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, So you can see it, especially through our Facebook community, but just that people are willing to share these really hard truths about themselves because they think it might help somebody else to know that they're not doing it alone. And I think the other thing I've realized about people and about myself in general is that we're stronger than we think that we might be. Um, Because there have been people who have gone through just absolutely horrific things that I cannot, I mean, the the first one that comes to mind is we had a a mother a couple of issues ago that talked about losing her two sons in a car accident. And I mean, it took me at least a couple of weeks to design that article because I just would cry every time, you know, I have two sons and thinking about, I'm just, Oh God, it was awful. And to know that, you know, what she's still going through and what she goes through, but how she's changing that to mean something and to, you know, kind of memorialize them is just beautiful. 
Yeah. And so that's, that's something that I've, I've seen throughout. It's just that people and women are strong. Yes. Yes. I love that. <laughs> and this will come out a few weeks from now, but yesterday um, was a fairly difficult news day. So I don't know <laughs> um, yes. that a lot of people were um, having a lot of um, triggering around and trauma and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I messaged a few particular people that I know can just go down that rabbit hole of the, the world is burning down and mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it absolutely feels like that. I don't want to discount those feelings, but, um, but I 100% believe in my core that, that just like you, people are actually good. If you don't look at the big picture, look to your right and your left Mm-hmm. There are women doing incredible things, and typically those things are meant, they're being done after some kind of tragedy or hardship or something that they've been through that they are like turning into this you know beautiful thing, and that is exactly what keeps has to keep us going. It just yes. has to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah oh. and it's like we need more of those voices out there of the people who are just are killing it by using their strength and their voices, and yeah, yeah. Because there's a million of them out there. They're just yep. doing incredible, incredible things. Yep. Um, yeah, I got your little four-pack of magazines. So I have Courage, the issue about courage, issue about aging, transformation, and the body um, issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. The body issue took me down. Just took <laughs> me, ripped me apart. I loved it so much and, like, ripped me apart in the best way. And then aging was my favorite. Do you hear it? Right. My absolute tippy-top favorite. Um do you have an, an issue that like you most love or that you had the most readers like resonate with or that really kind of lit your community up? My personal favorite was also the body issue um, because I loved showing all of these beautiful women in all of these different shapes. Yeah. And um, you know, there was a couple of stories within that one that I just, I was in love with and I was so happy. Um, the one, and this is probably my second favorite, but the one that really got to the community was one on, it was called the mind and it was all about like mental health. Um, and this came out a year and a half ago or something, maybe two years. Um, I can't think of which issue number it was. I think it was right before the body. So maybe issue 12. Um, but this, that one I, I reordered three times, which I don't normally do any reorders, but I had to reprint it three times because it just kept selling out. Um, and the stories in that one were heartbreaking and beautiful all at the same time. Um, and yeah, that's, that one was definitely a popular one. I'm actually considering reprinting that, um, just now that we have grown a little bit and there's a lot of people who haven't seen that one. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you can still buy it in digital form, but I know a lot of people want to hold it. So I'm yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those articles in your mini issue, like the little free mini issue that you can get online. There's like one that someone copes with her mental illness with through art. And I'm just, yes, yes. Yep. Huh. I, Loved it. Like the dark, the art is so dark, but so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I was telling one of my sisters about it. It's like, you have to get your hands on this. It's just beyond. I can't even explain it. Yeah. That was one of the ones that, um, I found her on Instagram and I was like, Oh my God, please be in my magazine. This is, I cannot like, you're amazing, please. And she was gracious enough to say yes, of course. So, well, that's another thing I find like, not only are people 
doing amazing things, want to help each other, stronger than we think. Um, but now I lost my train of thought. There's a fourth thing that I asked <laughs> to do, and it left my brain. Oh, <laughs> there it is. It's back. Um, people want to tell their story. Yeah, they, they just do. do. And I think it's so, it's cathartic and it's um, helpful to them and it's, they feel validated through telling their story. But I think, it, you know, asking people to be on the podcast, I haven't, I've had one person say no, just because I'm too busy, but everyone else is just like, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you just reach out in a little way and people are like, of course I want to share. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, we have luckily never had to. I've never had to worry that we weren't going to have contributors because there's always people who want to share their story. And I think it's amazing. And you also have a program that like somehow helps people like write, right? Like craft their writing. Is that right? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's called H&L Writes. We just started it um, April of this year, I believe. Um, and it's because we have so many writer, beautiful writers in our community that we wanted a new way to promote their writing and help them with writing and get their writing out there. And so we created this. It's a monthly membership program that um, – so we do a lot of things in it. We have a private Facebook community. Um, we pick a feature a month to be featured on the Holland Lane blog. Um, there's also one that goes into the magazine each quarter. Um, and then we do, um, we call it expert review where they can send in an article to us each month to myself and to Mia who helps me run this program. Um, and we will go through it. We'll help them critique it. We'll look over it for grammar and spelling and simple things like that. And we'll do suggestions on like how to improve it. Um, so that if they're looking to submit it to a publication or something like that, it's, you know, hopefully the best it can be. Um, we do a biannual um, free digital issue of featuring just the writers from the okay. group uh -huh. um, so that that can also kind of be used as a portfolio thing. Um, oh, what else do we do? We do a lot of stuff for them, but, but basically it's so that we can get their writing out there. Like I want to share as much writing from our community as I possibly can. So yeah. this was another way for us to do that. Yeah. Amazing. Very cool. <laughs> Cause I can imagine there's just a lot of people that like feel like they have some little writing thing in them, but they don't mm -hmm. know a safe space to share it or they, you know, they feel whatever about doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that feels like a really safe and wonderful supportive way to do that. Um, okay. So there are three questions that I ask tend to ask at the end of all of my mm -hmm. interviews. So number one is, um, if people are desiring more connection or more community, and maybe we've talked a little bit about this with like the Facebook community, but um, what do you think are ways that they could do that? Create more kind of genuine connection in their life. Um, I would say the biggest way to do that is to listen more than you speak. Yes. Um, because when you are just listening to somebody and you're not sitting there trying to think of what your response is going to be or how you should react or something like that. You're genuinely just listening. You can pick up on so much more than if you were contemplating your next move essentially. Yes. Um, so when you listen to somebody, you give them the power to completely open up and share what's within them. And then from that, you are creating a connection with them because, you know, whether or not they're looking for advice or for you to say, yes, me too, it's there. You're just giving them space. Yes. And I think that's so important. I think, you know, we talked about that a little bit earlier, just being able to give somebody that space has, is going to help create connection. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. And yeah, I love it. Um, how do you feel or what are spaces or types of people that make you feel the most seen yourself? Because I think when you are creating spaces for everyone else to feel seen and heard, um, sometimes you're the last one that feels seen and heard. Um, so are there spaces, sometimes people have answered this question like, I don't feel seen and heard, um, but are there spaces or types of people that make you feel that way? Um, Yes. And I, I have actually struggled with that in the past that, you know, I, I started this magazine and I'm giving space to all of these women. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started to feel like I didn't have a story because mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I haven't been through what they've been through. What, who, who am I to, to put my stuff out there? Yeah. Um, but I realize it doesn't always need to be some big story, like just being me is, is a story. Um, and so my Facebook community has been something that I, have started to put myself into as well. Like my stories, like I mentioned the other day, I, I was just talking about what, what I'm going through with the business and things like that. Um, so those people have allowed me that space to be seen and to be heard um, in a really amazing way. Um, and then I, I have always been a fairly private person. I'm kind of opening up a little bit as we go on here, just because that's helping people connect with me. Um, and I want them to be able to connect with me and feel like they can be safe with me. Um, but because I've always been kind of so private, um, I have, you know, a handful of, of good friends that I can really voice everything to. Yeah. Um, and then my husband, of course, has always been cheerleader number one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, those, those are the people who always make me feel seen and heard and, um, that I feel safe around. Yeah. Do you feel like it is tricky to be like the leader, kind of the, the, um, you know, person in front and also have some level of vulnerability in within your, um, Facebook group or wherever with your readers, do you feel like that's tricky or that's like freeing or somewhere in, in between? Probably somewhere in between. Um, I, I have definitely felt both sides of that very strongly. Um, the biggest thing that I have always struggled with is, I want to be very transparent about this, this business journey with my readers and because it is such a large part of who I am. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I never want to come off as if I'm complaining to my readers. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I want to be able to say my sales are down. I'm struggling. I don't know what to do, but I don't want it to come off as why aren't you buying my magazine yeah. and making my sales? Yeah. And luckily I think that they have gotten to know me well enough to know that I've never said, I'm never saying that. Like I am just voicing what I'm going through, but that's definitely something I've struggled with before is that I never want them to feel like I am placing blame on them. I just want to be open and honest about what I'm going through. Yeah. So it's, it's a struggle because I do like, I want to be the leader. Um, but then I also want to be just a real person in this right. community. Right. So, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want me to feel or them to feel like I somehow think I'm a step above them. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of the writing holds that tension too. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. I am this and I'm this and, you mm -hmm. know, just kind of exploring that you can be both, but there's going to just be some figuring out and all of that. Right. Right. Um, and my, not my last question, my second to last question. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so we all carry around titles. You have, you know, editor, mom, you know, wife, friends, all of those things. What 
do um, people maybe miss if they see saw a list of your titles mm -hmm. um, or maybe accomplishments? What do you think is kind of in between all those things that people miss? I have a lot of people who say, how are you doing all of this? Mm -hmm. um, how are you, you know, you seem to have all your stuff together. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll just put a big nope over there. Um, but I, I think a couple of the things that people miss are number one, that I am an extreme introvert. And mm -hmm. so all of this has been very hard for me, especially becoming the face of my brand, which mm -hmm. you know people have told me for years I need to do. And I've always rejected it because I'm so uncomfortable with the spotlight. <laughs> um, but also that I am a very self-conscious person. Yeah. Um, I, I struggle with, I mean, day-to-day -day life. I struggle with um, being a great mom. I struggle with being a great partner. I struggle with, um, you know, putting myself together. Like I actually just started a challenge a couple of days ago where I'm going to try to get dressed every single day. Like, I love so, it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I am as much as it seems like I have it put together from our Instagram or our Facebook or, you know, whatever you may see, I'm kind of a hot mess too. Uh -huh. So yeah. we're just going to add that to my list of things. You know, it can be editor, mom, <laughs> wife, hot mess. Hot mess. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that could probably be on all of our lists. Yes, I think sure. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting. I was just at a, um, like a, it's called GR Boss Babe. So I live in Grand Rapids and it was like this group of women that own businesses or have kind of little side hustles like me. And, um, they were, there was this whole discussion about like, you really need to be the face of your brand. Like in this mm -hmm. day and age, you got to get out there no matter what your thing is. You get, and like the cringing in the room, <laughs> everybody was like, Ugh. and some people are just kind of naturally that way. But those of right. us, um, that are introverted, um, and there's just, that involves a lot of peopling as I like mm -hmm. to call it. Um, That's what I call it. <laughs> it's just too much, too much peopling. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and actually I've, I, I think a lot of my early struggle with it is because I would look to other magazines and not like the big, big, not like Vogue or something like that, but, um, you know, some of the other indie magazines and I'd say, well, they're not the face of their brand. Why, right. why do I have to do it? But then I realized how completely different what we're doing is and our writers are so vulnerable and open and show their faces and their hearts. Yeah. I should probably be too. Yeah. So, and that's kind of where it all changed for me. It's like, okay, I guess I can show my face in Instagram stories occasionally. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You had to go write an indie magazine about vulnerability. And, right. You know. <laughs> Couldn't have done it about like socks or something. Right. <laughs> Pets. Yes. That feels like it gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> magazines. I don't know. <laughs> um, and that leads us right to favorite things. So, um, I don't know if you have pets, but um, I do. I have one cat and he's not my favorite right now because he no. keeps showing up on my stuff. <laughs> Cats are tricky. Yeah. We, we had a very, very, very old cat. And once they start um, doing things like throwing up all over your stuff or doing mm -hmm. all sorts of other things all over your stuff, mm -hmm. there's just no stopping. It feels nope. 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 Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no, it just, <laughs> yes, well, I'm sorry. I can, I feel your pain in that. Um, so favorite things, I think that people connect through lots of difficult and hard and heavy things, but I think we also connect through light and, um, just kind of silly frivolous things too and everything in between. Mm -hmm. So I love to hear what is just making you happy. Um, what are you loving right now? 
Um, I know this won't come out for a few weeks, but um, just this week, This Is Us came back. So I am like yes. over the moon. Like my husband and I, he was out of town on Tuesday. I was so mad. So he came home like yesterday and we um, sat down on the couch and watched it. And I was, I just remember telling him, I was like, I'm so happy this is back. He's like, why? You know, you're going to cry each week. I'm like, I know, but it's such a good cry. <laughs> no, I have not watched it. I'm one of like the three people that have not watched it. I think you are of only three people. Yep. <laughs> I think so. Because I constantly like, you watch This Is Us, right? And I'm like, no, I don't. Because I don't know that I want the cry. Maybe I do. I don't know. It's such a good cry. Yeah. <laughs> Real good. Cathartic. Get it all yes, out. Kind it of cry. But yeah, I would say that's, that's kind of my number one right now. I'm very happy that that's back. Um, Let's see what else. Podcasts make me very happy. I really have gotten into Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. Yes. He's, he's a phenomenal interviewer, like not something I would expect it, but it's, his interviews are always really fun. Yeah. Um, I don't usually like the famous people kind of. I don't either. I just don't care. But mm -hmm. he, <laughs> but he get he does it in a way that gets into stuff that I care a little bit more about. Right. It isn't like the typical questions that you, that they, that they always get. So it's like, it's, it's interesting because it's like, oh, this is a different side of this person. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, lastly, I'd say photography because I, um, love taking pictures of my boys. Uh -huh. Um, that's, that's all that my personal Instagram is just pictures uh -huh. of my boys. Um, and I've gotten really into it in the past couple of years, I'd say. Um, I've actually, I've had people keep saying like, can you come and do pictures of my kids now? And I'm like, maybe we'll see. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, million other things going on, but right. sure. Right. But, um, yeah, now that it's fall, I'm really looking forward to pictures because you know, pretty backdrops that you see everywhere, but I don't care because I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yes. Because it's gorgeous and they're adorable. And yes, why yes. not? Yes. Um, yeah, I don't take pictures of my children, poor dears. There's no <laughs> any documentation of their lives. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but we, we finally have family photos coming up and I'm just mm. dreading the whole experience, but, um, and hopefully it'll be a delight. Do you, do you like, well, you would have to be in it, but do you have take those like on a regular basis, family photos and do that kind of thing? Or I'm probably in, yeah, I'm probably in about five pictures uh -huh. that we, that we have. Maybe. And they're, and actually my oldest son, he's strangely good at photography. He picked up my phone the other day and we were playing outside in the drive, sitting in our driveway as you do. Mm -hmm. um, and I was playing with my youngest and he took all these pictures and they're like really great pictures of me and my youngest son. And I'm like, now I have pictures. Um, awesome. But yeah, I, I actually just prefer everyday life. Um, and we have um, through my Instagram, I set up, I don't know if you've ever heard of chat books. Yeah. Is yeah. So it makes a, a picture book of your Instagram posts. And so that's because I do not print pictures because I take so many that by the time I go to print some, I'm like, well, now I have 75 other favorites. Like what right. am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um, so I just use these and we just got one in the mail the other day. And it's so like my, my oldest loves to look through them and say, Oh mommy, remember this? You remember this? And that's why I take them so that we can go back through and be like, Oh yeah, that was the stage where you kept biting my leg for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Checkbooks is really fun. Um, yes. Because as a person like takes four pictures and I will mm -hmm. never print them out like this mm -hmm. feels way too hard. Uh -huh. um, it, it does feel like just a little bit of magic that arrives mm -hmm. in your mailbox. And, yeah. yeah. And you don't have to do anything. It's yeah. like you just put up your Instagram posts and then they magically arrive and yeah. it's amazing. 
and they'll slap a cute little cover on it. And like, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. I turned my mom onto it um, too. And she loves like a grand grandkid lookbook, you know, mm-hmm. who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Yep. So anything else you want to say about your magazine that we, and your magic that we did not talk about? Um, I hope everybody reads it. Yes, I do. And, <laughs> um, yeah, come join our community because it's really, really amazing and something I was not expecting. So I will link to all the things, the magazine, the website, the Facebook group, the chat books, the podcast, the, all the things. Um, because I truly do think I don't say it lightly, but I think everyone should get their hands on this magazine. Um, certainly every woman, but maybe all the dudes too. Um, because I think it's just meaningful, wonderful work that I think people can only be, um, better for it. So I love it. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me. Yes. I loved it too. I know I said gorgeous about a million times in that episode, but that's because Sarah is gorgeous and so is her work in Hal and Lane. I love how she sees her magazine as a space for women to be themselves and not just their polished up surfacey bits, but their whole selves, including their struggle and anger and joy and sadness. And you will not know how truly incredible this magazine is until you see it in person. You can get the electronic version. I don't know why you would because the print version is so gorgeous. But um, I'm telling you, once you get it in your hands on a screen or the real beautiful paper version, you will know that it is a revolution. I think it's revolutionary to bring together contributors who are so brave and vulnerable and honest and then not put a glossy paint job on it. You just let that bravery and vulnerability and honesty shine for all that it is and reading that work and seeing those images helps me embrace my bravery my story and be honest about myself it makes me want to reach out and connect with other women in the revolution as i said in the episode it may feel like things are burning down around us and they very well might be But the thing that makes us fireproof is connection and community. And sitting in the middle seat and linking arms with the women to the right and the left of you, looking in their eyes and listening, that's the magic that makes us fireproof. Now go subscribe to Holland Lane. I promise you'll love it. And I'm going to be back real soon with another episode of Taking the Middle Seat. (laughs) 